0: Hello and welcome to the HPP Podcast. This is the HPP Podcast Editor, Arden Castle, and each week we explore a new topic related to the Health Promotion Practice Journal. Whether it's demystifying publishing, breaking down a new article, or discussing public health related topics with our editorial board members, we hope you enjoy each week's exploration
1: into health promotion practice.
0: Hello and welcome to the HPP podcast. Hi everybody. My name is Cynthia. I'm Hopi, born for the Mexican people. My maternal grandfather is Bitterwater from Navajo people, and my paternal grandfather is Mexican or from Mexican people and I am an epidemiologist doctoral candidate at the University of Southern California and a member of the Health Promotion and Practice Editorial Board. Today, I'm joined by Anthony, Ashley, and Nicolette, authors of the paper published in HPP titled, Impact of a Culturally Grounded Running Program on Four Components of Wellness Among Indigenous Participants, a Pilot Study of the Running Medicine Program. Before we get started, I'm going to ask our guests to introduce themselves and have them share from where they're calling from. So we'll start with Anthony, move to Ashley, and then Nicolette. And go ahead, Anthony.
2: Yate, and hello to everyone listening. My name is Anthony Flagg. I'm a family physician in Albuquerque, New Mexico, with the Native Health Initiative and the University of New Mexico, and excited to be here today.
0: Thank you so much. And we're actually going to do a special extended introduction with Ashley Nicolette. We really want to hear, you know, more about your education, your emerging scholars just like me. How did you get there? What are your experiences like in this research world and publishing and anything else you want to share to our listeners and other fellow emerging scholars who might be listening. And we'll start with Ashley.
3: Hello everyone. Thank you for having me, Cynthia, on this call. Um, Hello, my name is Ashley Claw. I'm an enrolled member of the Navajo Nation, born and raised in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I have both families in Gallup, New Mexico and Kilachee, Arizona, which is located near Ganado, Arizona. I graduated in the spring of 2021 from Arizona State University with concurrent degrees in the science of healthcare delivery and American Indian studies. Currently right now, I'm just in the process of applying to various MPH programs, which is the Masters of Public Health. Just a little background, I've been with NHI since 2018, but currently just serve as a volunteer in the past, I've actually served various roles within NHI, from being a running medicine leader within that specific program, from an intern to communications director, also known as the storyteller. And, you know, just a little bit of background, like this is my first time publishing an article. This is something that I would have never imagined for myself. But personally, it was definitely a great experience. It was very interesting, you know, to see the process of writing an article and analyzing the data and just putting it together. But I'm really happy to have been a part of this article. And yeah, thanks for having me today.
0: Thank you, Ashley. And, and it sounds like, you know, your experience at Native Health Initiative has really opened up a lot of doors and I guess opportunities too to work directly in community, which is such a great combination, especially when we're navigating academia, it can feel, feel lonely sometimes. And, you know, there aren't every program is including our community. So that's, that's really great that NHI has offered the opportunity for you. And I was just kind of curious, what are you interested, which track for your MPH are you interested in? Specifically, I'm interested in the health administration track. That's great. I did my MPH in epidemiology, and right now my PhD program, it's in preventive medicine, which is like public health, where the way that USC sees it, and it's health behavior research, so that's really great. You're you're interested in a more administrative role because I think we need leadership from our people everywhere, so I'm really excited for your journey and, and what's to come, and we'll jump right in with Nicolette, so Nicolette, feel free to introduce yourself as well
1: great thank you well hi everyone my name is nicolette abeda my family comes from isleto pueblo and i'm also kanaka maoli or native hawaiian i'm a 25 year old medical student currently at the university of new mexico and i'm calling in from albuquerque so like i said i'm just about to finish up my second year in med school personally i'm a first generation college student I went to UNM, got a degree in biochemistry, which is during that time when I met Shannon Flagg, one of the other coordinators of NHI and founders of NHI, and got involved then. Then I got my degree. I took a year off before applying to med school, because truthfully, it was a big a big task, and I think I needed some more time to, to get there. And yeah, so I started working with NHI, or the Native Health Initiative. I began initially helping to revive their Breathe Tradition Not Addiction program, where we teach about the differences between commercial and traditional tobacco to youth. And from then, I went on to be an an HI staff where I helped with various projects within running medicine, still Breathe Tradition Not Addiction, and, and a few of their other programs. So it's great with them. And then I got into medical school and kind of got pretty busy with that. And so now I just kind of volunteer where I can And yeah, like Ashley, this is actually my first time publishing as well, which is really exciting. I think research was kind of daunting. There's a lot to it. So I was happy to be on this project, especially because of the topic, the groups that obviously it discusses and just getting to sort of get my feet wet in such a inviting and comfortable environment. But I'm really happy to to be here and, and talk with you today. Thank
0: you. Yeah, we're really excited to have you all here. You know, HPP holds a special place in my heart, too. It was my first first author publication was through HPP, and it was actually on tobacco control tribal communities in California. So it's really important, right, for our communities to distinguish between what commercial tobacco use is versus traditional tobacco use And, you know, unfortunately, in the tobacco industry, sometimes that's weaponized against us. So I think that that's really great that, you know, you started that line of work and it's lended itself to these other projects you've been doing with NHI. I have just kind of a side question about your graduate school path as well. So you're about to start rotations, right? In your program? Yes, I am. Are there any rotations that you're looking forward to or excited? And the second part of my question is, do you know what your first rotation is going to be?
1: Yeah. So I just found out my first rotation will be in internal medicine, which is exciting. It's so broad. And that's something I'm potentially looking into. So that one I'm excited about. And also surgery. I think I did a lot of shadowing in surgery. And I think, you know, getting back into the OR will be really awesome.
0: That's great. Yeah. I had a, my undergrad, I was like, I, I kind of laughed because I'm like, oh, almost every PhD public health person has the same story. It's like, I wanted to be pre-med and I did X, Y, and Z program, but you know, I wanted to be pre-med and I ended up doing, I shadowed at the Shiprock hospital. So I wanted to see, you know, what it was like within an IHS facility in a rural community. And, you know, we don't have any IHS hospitals out here in California. And so it was really nice for me to go back home as well. Like on my Navajo side, we're from Shiprock. So I hope that at some point in your rotations too, maybe you'll get that opportunity if if you don't already have one lined up, I'm sure, you know, being able to do some of those rotations at an IHS clinic.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping for some of that. I did a lot of my shadowing in grants in Gallup, New Mexico. So working with the Pueblos around there was really awesome.
0: Oh, that's amazing. See, and that's great too. You're, you know, closer to some of your people at least, right? <laughs> so it's it's really nice that you're getting that exposure early in your career. Well, thank you both for sharing some of your educational background. I know it's such an inspiration, like, you know, when you think about when you were younger and just starting on your higher education journey, it's kind of crazy when you hear people talking in our shoes and think, oh, when am I, you know, when am I, or if I'm ever going to get there? And, you know, here we are. (laughs) So thank you. So we're going to jump into the paper. We're going to start with how running is connected to culture. The paper does a really great job at highlighting, you know, how running is connected and not just our respective tribes cultures, but an indigenous worldview of running in a traditional sense. So let's talk about first, you know, what your personal experience is with how running is connected to your culture. And we'll go Ashley and then Nicolette. So...
3: Running has been a part of many indigenous nations, as some of us may know, you know, for me specifically, me part of, being part of the Navajo Nation, you know, running is an essential component of different ceremonies. For example, the Kinel Da. So the Kinel ceremony for those who don't know is a coming of age ceremony for young girls. The young lady who takes part in the ceremony, she runs three times a day. She has support from her family and friends. As they run behind her. So that specifically running is embedded in that tradition. It's expected of, you know, the family members that they run behind her to support her as she becomes this young lady. So personally, I've taken part of in the ceremony as well. Before me, my older cousins and relatives have done the ceremony. So running has been definitely part of our culture for many, many years. For other nations, this could look a little different depending on what nation you're talking about but yeah running has been a part of my culture you know for many many years
0: that's great and i know too with our tribe like people sometimes pray every morning right through running and we run to the east and that's some people's daily practice as well right it's like kind of the coming of age is such a big big part in our culture but it's also integrated in in everyday life too so. yes mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really great. And thank you for sharing. It's really amazing you had your Canalda. Um, I haven't had a chance to see one or be a part of one yet. And unfortunately my Navajo side, we're all urban. <laughs> so <laughs> we uh, yeah, we're all we're all in Albuquerque, Phoenix, and I'm in California. But uh, what about for you, Nicolette? How is running connected to your culture?
1: Yeah, so I think I've been taught that running is a way to to work on achieving balance in your life. Like it's a way to prayer, to expressing gratitude and to remaining connected with the land around you. So it's really a meditative practice almost in, in grounding you through running. Truthfully, I think as I've gotten older, running sort of became more, more physical, more for sport, more because you know I, I might've eaten a lot of ice cream over the weekend or something. Um, but then in the past few years, especially in the seasons that I, I was with running medicine, I was able to sort of reconnect with the more spiritual side of running and sort of reignite more of a love for it in more of a passionate way, rather than some of the other ways that people view running is purely just sport and physical, which is great as well. But I've been taught that there is this deeper meaning and benefit to it, that has been able to like have a resurgence in my life, which has been really great.
0: That's great. Yeah, I know that growing up in the city myself, it was like running was associated with that one mile presidential test we had to do. And, you know, it's just like dreading it all day until I had to run it. But similarly, I think a little bit later in life for me, joining cross country. And then when I got to undergrad, I was at UC San Diego, right on the coast. So for me, it also became very meditative where I was just running on the coastline and just kind of like reconnecting, you know, myself and grounding myself through those stressful times in undergrad. So I'm really happy you found that for yourself too. And that kind of jumps into my next question is given your own personal experiences and also this world indigenous view on how running is connected to our cultures, what inspired this research specifically? And, you know, we'll get into a little bit more about the running medicine program itself. So We'll start with Ashley and then if needed, Anthony, you can feel free to jump in at any moment. Yeah, so there were a lot of things that inspired this research.
3: First, you know, like one of them, you know, NHI is not really a research-based organization. Although we have many different programs, we've never really done research before on any of our programs. Running medicine being one of our programs, you know, is like one of the biggest programs within our organization. So diving into running medicine, we know that running medicine takes a different approach than other traditional running and wellness programs. Since the founding of running medicine, there has really not been a lot of research done on the effects of the four main domains that running medicine focuses on, which is the physical, the emotional, spiritual, and the social connectedness. And then again, you know, social connectedness hasn't really been studied on, so that was really important for us to focus on. Another unique aspect of the program is that it's culturally grounded. It brings the community together. But basically, we really wanted to see, you know, the effects of what running medicine and what it had on individuals within the community. Of course, this would be the most obvious reason for this research and article, but second Going back to social connectedness, we just really wanted to see what it plays in one's health. It has been shown that individuals are at lower risk for cardiovascular disease, and individuals are more likely to engage in preventative health services. So you know, once you read the article, shows evidence that being around others, connecting with others, you know, is an important aspect to cultivate and measure in fitness programs. But yeah, if
0: Anthony or Nicola, if any of you have anything to add on? Thank you for sharing that. I think this is really great for our culture. You know, we're a very collective, kind of collectivist mindset, right? like we we want to stay in community. And I think sometimes, especially in in medicine, it tends to be very individualistic, especially when we're looking at maybe lifestyle changes, things like that. And I really appreciate how this paper is, Really lending itself or leaning on this aspect of social connectedness is, is also ties into a lot of the work that I do with evaluation and a lot of our programming is intergenerational as well. So it's really measuring, you know, how much more connected are people to community, maybe even to their families? How is it strengthening these relationships? Because from my understanding, this program is taking place in Albuquerque, right? And so Albuquerque is still considered urban. And like my Los Angeles-based programs that I evaluate, that's another nuanced thing among urban Indians is that we are coming from all walks of life, all different sorts of tribes. I saw in the paper, your program reached over 175 tribes, which is amazing. And so it would be hard to kind of be taken out of just the one tribe that you grew up around and then seeing all these other people from other walks of life and backgrounds. So programs like this are so invaluable. When it comes to looking at relationship building, and sorry, I wanted to open it up to Nicola or Anthony if you wanted to talk about what inspired the research and, and anything else about setting the stage for this program?
1: Yeah, I think something else to add is when you go to one of the running medicine meets to do a run with them, I think personally for me, even just the first day I went, there was you could really feel all of those aspects. Of health within the group, there. You're very welcomed into the community, you know, you feel more connected to people. And I think seeing that is so powerful. And so, in us being able to translate that into research and putting numbers to it and putting it into that academic setting, I think just even more so adds to the credibility of all the work that is put into the program. And it also is a way for us to communicate that even further to other people, to other groups, maybe other sports groups or running groups and and hopefully affect maybe how they choose to run, no pun intended, I guess, their programs. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I, I, th- I think that's where this research became really important and also a segue for hopefully more research in the future.
0: That's great. And I know we've been talking about Running Medicine now. So I'm really excited for our listeners to hear, you know, specifically what is Running Medicine? Just kind of how is Native Health Initiative connected to this project? I think just from what I read in the paper, I'm so excited to hear about more details and aspects about it. So we'll start with Ashley. Introduce us to Running Medicine.
3: Okay, yeah. So I did touch a little bit on it a little bit before. But yeah, Running Medicine is one of the Programs of Native Health Initiative. It was founded in 2016, created to empower families and communities to mind, body, and spirit wellness through movement. One thing to know about this program was that we had no funding to begin this program, but with no funding at the beginning, you know, we, the founders, you know, really wanted to still put this program up and see where it would go. The first celebration. They did not think anyone would show up, had 60 plus people show up the first day. For running medicine, we don't call them specifically practices. Rather, we call them celebrations, as it's, you know, like a celebration of life. We hold about three seasons a year. Each season is about 10 weeks long, depending. We utilize, you know, community open spaces like parks open spaces near near and around Albuquerque. We see about maybe like over a hundred participants per season. Currently at the moment, we have about four to five different locations for running medicine. So we have a running medicine in Albuquerque and then we have a running medicine on the west side of Albuquerque, connected to Rio Rancho, which is another town And then we have a running medicine in Zuni, Akima, Laguna, Algodones. But yeah, we offer other activities during running medicine. Like we're just not like a running program, you know, we really push and tell people, you know, that all abilities are welcomed. You don't have to be a fast runner to join us. Individuals are welcome to go at their own pace. But throughout Running Medicine, like the season, you know, we offer like different various activities like yoga, soccer clinics, basketball. We even have elders from different Indigenous communities to lead Indigenous games. But at the end, you know, we really offer the sacredness of play. And, you know, we want individuals to have fun. But overall, you know, that this is a multi-generational wellness group. We also offer track and field and cross-country, like a component for youth and adults who wish to compete, which is a really nice way, you know, to have youth and other adults actually race and, you know, still have that fun component of racing, emphasizing that medicine, the medicine of running and who and what you are running for. But yeah, we really encourage, you know, if you're in the area to join us. Again, this is a low-cost program, so we don't expect much of you to join Usually it's $15 to join for the season, but to keep that cost low, we really rely on donors and partners to partner with Running Medicine to support our mission and values. This is really important because, you know, if you were to join another running club, usually the fees would cost you about like $300 plus just per season for you to join. The community has also, you know, encouraged the Running Medicine participants to actually sign up for 5Ks and marathons. So, you know, Running Medicine, you know, has had like a really good impact within the community. It's like built a very strong community for indigenous and non-indigenous participants. It's all inclusive, like I said. But yeah, we really encourage you if you're in the area, the New Mexico Central area, to come out and join us. Our website is www.runningmedicine.org. But yeah, that's what Running Medicine is.
0: Thank you. That is so exciting. I'm already thinking of, is there a blueprint for this? <laughs> I think that having even a running medicine in LA would be so amazing. And I just love how, you know, you're including elders too in the community, that that's a really important intergenerational aspect. You know, maybe elders can't run, you know, or aren't able to, but they can lead in other ways and connect by offering those indigenous games as well. Anthony, is there anything else you wanted to add about running medicine before we jump into the methods?
2: Yeah, I've enjoyed listening to two amazing now authors, thanks to HPP, talk and kind of describe. I will maybe just add that really, in addition to everything said, the emphasis on that you don't have to pay to play is important. The emphasis on intergenerational movement. Everyone who sees one of our videos, I think is, and you're welcome, you can go on the Native Health Initiative YouTube channel and and have fun seeing a glimpse. I don't know if it's quite the recipe of how to do it in your home community, your tribal community, your urban community, but it's a start. And with that, we're definitely looking to add more groups, more communities, including beyond the Southwest U.S. in 2024. But everyone's always struck about the intergenerational nature and And they're also struck, you know, to hear a prayer song being offered in an urban setting with a group of very diverse people, maybe 30 tribes represented, non-Native, Native Native people all together moving. They're also struck by just the simple ways that we kind of build a fun, joyful community out of it. We play games, we get adults actually playing again, which is something that kind of gets taught out of us as, as we get older. And of course, the young people, our children and grandchildren who are out there are the ones teaching us how to play. So those elements are are really critical and they're not necessarily present in a lot of what we have created around. I mean, we we as an American society just don't value the intergenerational aspect that is so central to indigenous knowledge and indigenous ways of being and so we've tried to to bring that back in a really real way and the last thing i'll say is every effort is made to be completely inclusive to all all speeds all fitness levels all ages we really have some just simple ways that you know everyone who might be walking for the first time in years and trying to beat cancer to someone else who is a young person wanting to be a state champion in competitive running to, you know, folks in between that, that everyone has a place. And that's often, again, not seen in kind of athletic sports and particularly running venues. I mean, most people think of a running group, a bunch of skinny white folks that leave everyone behind who, who isn't at a high level. And, and so we're the exact opposite of that. We're, we're a bunch of people moving together for wellness, for each other. and and doing everything as a a community.
0: That's amazing. I know that it can be intimidating sometimes, especially if you're new to an activity. So it sounds like that running medicine is a very welcoming environment for folks to join. And thank you for providing that overview. And for the methods, I really was impressed in the paper, just how much collaboration there was to, bring this project into fruition, especially like you said, NHI hasn't really had the opportunity to do research like this. There's plenty of programs that are serving the community, but to really jump in and take a look at differences between groups and just provide this academic lens to it it was really impressive to me. So just speaking a little bit more about community-based Participatory research and how your team utilized that. Nicolette or Ashley, would you like to talk about that community partnership and and how you were able to incorporate that in this project?
1: Yeah, I can talk more about that. So you know, as you know, and I'm sure many people know, like research isn't isn't a small task. There's a lot of nuances to it. There's a lot of work and time and and thought that goes into research. And with NHI and running medicine, there really isn't an obvious infrastructure for research and conducting research. You know, we don't have a team dedicated to it. So it really was a collaboration with other, other people, other communities and institutions to make this happen. And I think that says a lot about how NHI and running medicine work in general, is partnering with the community and really utilizing the strengths of everyone's different backgrounds and experiences to come together to make something really fantastic like this paper. So sort of some of the institutions that we were able to utilize were like um, UNM's family medicine department, when looking at statistics, as far as getting IRB approval, of course, Dr. Flagg and his experience and coordination as a physician and, and doing research, of course, utilizing the NHI community and their members as far as collecting data, the running medicine participants to be the data, right, and students like me and Ashley to help with, you know, interpreting these results and and writing the paper. So it really came together really well, and I think everyone was able to contribute so many different things that were so necessary, and. Building upon all of that, I think, was really important to making it happen because I think each of us individually would have been maybe not as, as meaningful as a paper as it is done when it's a community.
0: Yes, definitely. And I think that the paper does a really great job at centering community as well. And just, I guess, how important that aspect was to get results, right, and to see how the program was running. And so I know that there is a qualitative aspect to this. So, Ashley, would you want to talk a little bit more about the qualitative aspect for the project?
3: Yeah. So, we chose qualitative aspects for our research just because, you know, we really wanted to focus on the social connectedness of the participants. There's not much studies done on the concept of social connectedness. Not a lot of people know about it, read about it. So just being like a culturally grounded program, our running medicine aims to improve, you know, the emotional, spiritual, and then the social health of individuals. So it made sense to research the four realms and, you know, what effects were most prevalent among the participants.
0: Thank you. And so moving you know into the results section. I'm really excited to see, you know, what were you able to find out from the study and incorporating all these really great aspects of making a meaningful project? What were some of the results? And we'll go from Nicolette and to Ashley.
1: Yeah, so I guess I can talk a little bit about I guess the paper itself. I guess I failed to mention some of that. But basically what we did was we set up a retrospective self-reported survey that was given to some of running medicines participants after the spring 2019 season. And they were able to rate their perceived changes of their physical health, their mental, emotional health, uh, spiritual and cultural health, and then their social connectedness. So looking among those groups, we had 77 participants, 34 of which were identified as Native. And 43 identified themselves as non-native. And when looking at these responses at the end of the season, among our native participants, we saw a 1.1 day increase of exercise per week from three days prior, which is really big, really important as far as the physical aspect And between the two groups, the indigenous and non-indigenous groups, we saw a greater increase in mental and social wellness among our indigenous participants. And with our non-indigenous participants, we saw an increase of one day per week of exercise. And there was a greater jump in that group as far as reported physical and spiritual wellness. But I think a really big takeaway is that Overall, there was an increase in all four of these realms after the season had concluded. So I think it really speaks to the effectiveness. This is a first study, and like you said, it is pretty qualitative, but I think it really does point us in the direction that, hey, this is this is important work being done, and people are seeing results, they're reporting their results in that these aspects, which are so important to living, a full and balanced, healthy life really involves this holistic, I guess, power in what they're doing. So so yeah, I think there they they were great results for what we were setting out to do.
0: Yeah, I think that it's kind of like, this is one of the first things when I was getting introduced to public health. A lot of what we do in public health are things that we already know, and then we're implementing projects to kind of, I guess, quote unquote, prove what we already know. So. We do know that running is beneficial in more ways than just like a lifestyle choice. And it's really great that you're able to use that to, I guess, add to the literature, you know, and, and talking about social connectedness and mental and emotional well-being and how that's all connected from a native lens is really important. And what excites me is, you know, what does this study lend itself for a foundation for next steps or next project and kind of doing a deeper dive and what you've already started to uncover with this project. So um, Ashley, do you want to talk about what the study will lay for the foundation and what's to come or could come, I guess? (laughs) Yeah, so after doing this
3: research and, you know, writing the article, you know, we've always thought the study lays the foundation for not only like for running medicine you know but like for other wellness programs that are reading this article and maybe what they would like to take away from our program so we're thinking you know what other wellness programs what they could implement this into their own well-being not only for themselves but their program their tribal communities what the importance of social connectedness means to them, their tribal community. But next steps, I think what like maybe the next study could look like, maybe more quantitative data. In the article, it mentions to determine the physical wellness of the participants. We would just need further investigation with like the measurement of perimeters of like physical wellness. So like, for example, the percentage of body fat or, you know, the VO2 max, Just like to better compare changes for participants in this realm. Maybe the next study may be a repeat of what we've done with this research, just to see what individuals are taken away from this program.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really great point because we have so many health disparities in our community, and a lot of, I guess, lifestyle choices and changes could help improve these outcomes. So, of course, running how we've Probably grown up in like urban society to know it as it's something for your health, you know, something you need to do to kind of keep wellness in that regard. So it's not to take away from that message because there's so many benefits to running, but adding these other components to it too. So I think doing biometric measurements and using these kind of devices would be amazing to see. I don't think we see many of those kind of technological things in our communities, and there's so many advancements to that area of research and other ideas like ecological momentary assessments. How are you feeling in this moment? You know, maybe how are you feeling right after the program or before and just kind of getting a, I guess it's kind of like a post check on that and seeing does running medicine help them throughout their day and the week when they're not with the program. So I think this is just like a Pandora's box, I think, with how many possibilities could come out of this. So really really, really impressed with these future ideas. And I'm so excited to see future papers from your team. So as you know, HPP encourages all authors to include implications for practice and policy in their articles. And, you know, I'm really interested and I'm sure the listeners are too, you know, what were some of your biggest takeaways from the study and what do you want readers to know or do? And we'll start with Ashley and then move on to Nicolette.
3: So some of the biggest takeaways from the study, definitely the study definitely pays away, you know, for future research on movement and holistic wellness through those community-based fitness programs. But going back, our article goes back to theories, relates to theories. Our article states that running medicine includes social connectedness and how it's aligns with the social determination theory. If you go to our website, Our logo is actually a circle. A circle is very sacred and used in a lot of ceremonies. That's how our logo was created. If you look at it, it starts um, white, yellow, red, and black, which represents the medicine wheel. And we relate a lot of our work back to the holistic and holistic wellness. And, you know, going back just to that medicine wheel and how it frames our framework for the organization itself. And yeah, Nicola, if you wanted to add anything
1: else. Yeah, I think that was great, Ashley. I, I agree. Like this is hopefully going to influence how maybe other fitness groups or community groups kind of look at their work and I guess all the aspects that they can affect. But I think additionally, the work of running medicine and and writing this paper really just shows a lot of the power that comes with good people and community the fact that ashley and i we've never published before or that running medicine and nhi like they're not research organizations and the fact that this is able to come into fruition with with the power of the community around us to support and really uplift this message that of the work that's being done. So I think it's important to know that you don't need, I guess, like big institutions or a lot of money or or a ton of experience, even sometimes to to accomplish really great things, as long as you're able to really form that partnership and really utilize those around you, a lot can happen. And you know, I think that's really shown in in just the inception of NHI and, and running medicine. So I hope that's something people can kind of take away from this as well.
0: Yes, thank you. Acknowledging community is so important because publishing is really hard, but our projects wouldn't get very far if we didn't have community behind us. So I think it's really great. It really truly feels like a collaborative effort to get this project on its feet and going, especially through an institution that doesn't typically do research. So you and your team are trailblazers in that regard. And hopefully NHI can host more projects in the future. So as we begin to wrap up here, I know that you'll host more running groups in 2024. How can folks sign up and participate? And are there other opportunities for support for health and wellness? And again, we'll start with Ashley and go to Nicolette.
3: Yeah. So, you know, as an organization for Native Health Initiative, we're always going out to the communities, urban and um, tribal communities spreading awareness about our organization and how individuals can get involved, whether that be from joining Running Medicine to interning with Running Medicine or, you know, interning for the organization as a whole. So yeah, people can visit the www.lovingservice.org or www.runningmedicine.org. Running Medicine being one of our biggest programs within the organization, we're always looking For people to join our locations that we have across New Mexico, or like even if you're interested in starting a Running Medicine in your own tribal community or city, we can always visit our website. We should have an application coming up soon for the 2024 if you wanted to have a program within your own community. But yeah, runningmedicine.org is the best way to stay updated on our events and what's going on within Running Medicine. But yeah, Nicolette can talk a little bit more about our other programs that we host
1: under NHI. Thanks, Ashley. Yeah. So the Native Health Initiative, beyond its running medicine program, has multiple other programs to help sort of accomplish these similar goals of addressing health equities among our Indigenous communities. So, like Ashley said, definitely check out our website, lovingservice.us, to see more about our programs. We have different health series, like our indigenizing health, where we talk about different health topics through a native lens. We have community asset mapping workshops. We talk about ways to build upon the strengths of you and your community to accomplish whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. We have youth mentoring programs. It's our healers of tomorrow program, where we mentor high schoolers on going into health careers. So Um, Just a lot of opportunities to see sort of the work we do and get involved as well. But definitely check out the website and yeah, get to know us a little more.
0: Thank you. And to our listeners, we will definitely have these links in the show notes description. (laughs) And so my final question, what's next for you? What are you all doing now? And is there anything you'd like to add or say? And this can be personal outside of the project. It can be about the project. I know our listeners... Really like to learn a little bit about us and ourselves. And I know you you mentioned some of your academic aspirations in the beginning of the episode, but any other ideas or thoughts you wanted to share? And we'll start again with Ashley and then Nicolette. I guess what would be next for me, you know,
3: as I mentioned in the beginning, in the process of applying to multiple or like different MPH Masters of Public Health programs. So definitely looking forward to that and like where that takes me and expanding my knowledge in public health. In terms of the article, you know, this article just came out. So, just really excited to get feedback and have different community members and tribal leaders read this and see and learn, just have individuals learn about running medicine and what it has had an impact on, you know, for participants. I think that's what I'm looking forward to. Other than that, I'm just really excited to put myself into, I guess, public health and, you know, really learning within the tribal members for myself.
0: That's great. And we're so excited for your next step in your education. I know even choosing an MPH program can be kind of challenging because I think there's so many good ones out there. So wishing you the best of luck with your applications and journey on that front. Nicolette, do you want to share what's next for you and what you're up to and anything else you'd like to say?
1: Yeah. So next for me, um, I'll just be trying to survive my clinical rotations for the next two years. I'm really excited to do that, but definitely will be quite the beast to overcome. But I definitely, I think to close it, I just want to say a big thank you to the Native Health Initiative and Running Medicine. I think they've been really just a wonderful way for me to be able to find community, to be able to connect with my culture on a larger community level and find things that I love to do. So, I'm really so appreciative of that. And I hope everyone is able to find that in their own ways. But thank you so much for for having us today.
0: Thank you. And thank you all for joining. I had a really great time talking about running medicine. I think that there's so many ideas and topics in public health, and I actually personally haven't been able to talk about running, and it's so important in both of my tribal cultures, too. so and I do have a personal tie to it as well in my own life. So, I've just really, enjoyed and loved learning about this program. I'm so excited to take this back to, I am a chairperson for an LA based nonprofit called So Oceanelli Sister Project, which is founded by three Hopi and Navajo women. So I think they're going to love running medicine. I'm just throwing it out there. So hopefully we might find a running medicine program in LA. But again, I'd like to thank you for joining us today. Thank you again to our guests, Ashley, Nicolette, and Anthony. And thank you to Arden Castle, our podcast editor, for editing this episode. I am guest host, Cynthia Begay, and I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I'll be back soon with more episodes of the HPP podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the HPP podcast. If you enjoyed this content, let us know by tagging us or responding to our promotions on Twitter and LinkedIn. You can also find out more about the Health Promotion Practice Journal from Sage or Sophie's websites. All of these links can be found on the podcast website at anchor.fm forward slash health promotion practice. Take care and have a great day.